0: welcome adam thank you so much for joining the lemon spark podcast i can't tell you how grateful i am that you agreed to be here and share your story with us Uh, adam page is a multimedia designer with wellness councils of america and i have the pleasure of knowing him through that role but he's become a good friend too so adam tell us a little bit about yourself and your lemon
1: uh, well, thank you again for asking me to do this. I appreciate it. It's, uh, this is, this is exciting and I'm happy to contribute to your, to your podcast, but, um, yeah. So, uh, my lemon, um, uh, my lemon, uh, happened. Well, it's kind of, it st- started back in, uh, June of, uh, 2017 and, uh, my lemon is, um, uh, my wife uh, at that time was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and she uh, she uh, went through this horrendous uh, treatment, including, you know, a double mastectomy um, and spent, you know, the next year and a half uh, going through chemo and radiation treatment. Um, and It was really, you know, during that time, even when she told me, you know, you know, she'd found the lump in her breast and, um, you know, it was at that moment, even, you know, it was, you know, my heart just sank, you know, and who's, who wouldn't, you know, whose heart wouldn't sink. But, uh, the, the fear really clenched me because her mother had passed away, uh, when her mother passed away of, uh, breast cancer also when, uh, when her mother was 46. But, uh, during that, time, you know, Jen fought really hard, you know, with her treatments and all that. Um, we had another family, uh, tragedy, unfortunately, you know, not, not, not just a tragedy, but a little of a crisis, uh, in October of 2018, when my daughter was, was attacked by her, uh, uh, her ex-boyfriend, um, in October, yeah, October 2018 is when it was, um her boyfriend attacked her at school, um, and she had to have an emergency surgery. She he had stabbed her and we, uh, we got through that. But, um, the thing that, you know, amazed me about that more so than my daughter's recovery and her resilience to that attack and her recovery. Um, my wife was with her in the hospital, um, every day. Um, now I was there almost every day too, but I was also working at the same time. And I, there were days that I begged my wife to, uh, um, to go home and sleep, you know, you know, in the bed, you know, rather than sleeping on that couch every day. But my daughter was in the hospital for a month and my wife never left. Her, so she's like, if she's, she can't go home, I'm not going home. And during that time, you know, she, uh, her health, uh, my wife's health had greatly improved. And I thought maybe she was on her way to, uh, you know, um, what is it called? Uh, remission. remission. Yeah, remission. Remission. And uh, I I just, I thought that was, I thought she was heading that way. And I thought maybe, you know, her being there with Lacey was, you know, kind of helping her in a strange way. <clears throat> but, yeah, she never left her side. She slept in the, on that couch, you know, every night uh, while Lacey was uh, there. Lacey then was you know she recovered we went home and then unfortunately um my wife's cancer returned with a vengeance and it spread to her lungs uh became a um metastatic cancer which you know um not everybody out there knows metastatic cancer um can be treated but it's not curable so uh that just put the clincher on everything and Uh, unfortunately, you know, by the time, uh, my daughter was out, you know, then we went through the holiday and then the following February, unfortunately, my wife, you know, she couldn't fight any longer and, uh, she passed away (laughs) Uh, of all days, you know, she passed away on Valentine's day in 2019. So, uh, needless to say, you know, my, my kids and I have been through the ringer, you know, for the last three years, um. So, you know, that's, I guess that's my lemon, you know, a little bit of a lemon in there too, also with what my daughter went through and the uh, the trauma that she experienced. I mean, we all, we all experienced trauma with that too. I mean, not, not to the degree my daughter did, but um, you know, we had to deal with, you know, I mean, we thought, we thought we were going to lose her, you know, she, her wounds were so bad, but thankfully they had a fantastic trauma surgery team that worked on her and saved her life. And, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the lemon, you know, that, uh, life threw at me, you know, yeah. and, uh, and my, my children. So
0: that's a huge, huge, big lemon, several lemons, actually Yeah, I remember talking to you because you know, I, I, we were working together, um, during all of that. And it was just amazing to me that you were able to, to function even during that very traumatic time. So I just want to tell you, i I was a big, I still am very much in admiration of your strength mm-hmm. and, um, see, you know, the, just the good things that are happening now. Um, even though we're not, you know, it's not been all that long ago. <laughs> um, you've you know you've moved and um you you know your kids are growing and they're flourishing and uh you know i i think it's awesome that you know you're you've kind of really stepped up and taken on the single dad uh you know role and doing a great job so uh, <laughs> good job adam moving past those events even though they're still i'm sure weighing on you uh as and would anyone um given the intensity of of things and how it all sort of happened in like a very tight time frame do you think that lemon those lemons that uh you encountered did did you ever ask yourself why did this happen to me you know what what did i do to have all this crap (laughs) thrown on my lap did, did that ever cross your mind or, or no?
1: I think it's, you know, with that kind of trauma and crisis and loss, you know, what, whatever, you know, the word you want to choose, you know, to describe it. I mean, I, I think it's hard not to think about that question. I think more so uh, it's, it's easy. And I think it, it's, it's obvi- I think it's part of the, obviously part of the grieving process that uh, sometimes you uh, there's, there's self-doubt involved and, uh, I know that I went through, you know, a lot of um, questioning myself. It's like, you know, what did I do wrong? What, what could I have done differently? You know, it's like uh, there's there's times, you know, I just question it's like I could have done, you know, and then, you know, with the self-doubt, I could have done more to help her, you know, or something like that, you know. The January before she passed away, her sister and I actually took and flew Jen down to uh houston to their uh to their the cancer clinic down there in houston because apparently it's the the greatest one in not only in the nation but the entire planet in fact the hospital is so huge i don't know if you've ever been down there but it is so huge it's almost like a city in and of itself it is that big
0: this is Uh,
1: md anderson yeah md anderson yes thank you she um you know, we, we went down there and uh, thinking to myself, you know, I even, I even asked her, on, her oncologist here in, in town, you know, because I'm just searching my brain. Anything we can do, it's like can we can, you know, a lung transplant, you know, because the metastatic cancer went straight into her lungs and that's when her breathing got so bad, you know. So over those last few months, you know, it was just basically very slow suffocation. You know because of her breathing was so bad and she had a breathing machine even you know walking around when she could walk around as a last ditch effort you know i told her oncologist i'm taking her to md anderson and she her oncologist was not insulted by it at all she knows why we were trying to do it you know just anything i mean that i, I try to look at that and it's like well you did try to do everything you could for her you know she did everything she could for her you know you know it's i think it's easy to ask oneself you know why is this happening to me but even more so i asked you know why is this happening to her and it, that 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 was i asked that question happening to me it was just you know why her you know of all people is like her mother went through this and jennifer was 45 when she died so she was a year younger than her mother when her mother passed away i, I think that's just part of the grieving process you know there's there there's gonna be times where you're gonna say i didn't do enough or you know there's the old saying you know the good die young my my father a prime example also is my my father died, uh, when he was 52. Um, and I was 20 uh, when he passed away and we woke up and found him. He wasn't sick. He hadn't been sick. He, uh, hadn't been ill at all. He wasn't, uh, in any poor health. He, uh, he had a blood clot that was, the doctors told us like, even if we had him in the hospital and he was with open heart surgery, it was undetected. And the lodge, the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, blood clot lodged in his heart valve and he died instantly. Wow. And, um, and I was 20. I was still living at home because I was going to college here in town in college and my mother found him and whatnot. So back then, you know, the, that was another lemon. You know, I had to almost become man of the house for a little while. So uh, yeah. yeah, why did this happen to me? It's, a, it's an easy question to ask. Um, but I, I asked myself more so, you know, why did it happen to her? Why did this happen to my kids?
0: If we need an answer to that question, we can find one.
1: Um, yeah, I and, the, and that's uh, that's something you know I think about a lot too. You know, uh, I uh, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine recently um, about that very thing because he was he was kind of showering me with praises, you know, just as you did, you know, about uh, being so resilient he called me a titan oh what a compliment. I, was, I was like what I was like, you know and then he went into just, just, just admiring how resilient i've been you know with the kids and all that i mean it was a huge compliment you know i just i kind of laugh it off it's like you know what dude i don't know what i'm doing to make you think that or you was know, like but i appreciate the compliment but i was in my in our conversation you know i told him I don't know if this is an answer to, you know, why this did happen to me, but it's a constant tug of war for myself in my brain, because part of me says, you know, everything happens for a reason, Uh, and the other half says objectionable about it, or, you know, the part of me that says, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know, I thought about it for quite a while, Uh, I told some family members too, and I told my friend, it's like, that part of me wants to think that The reason my dad passed away when I was so young was to prepare me for this. Mm. So that, you know, that I could be, you know, be there for my kids to help them cope through this because I had already walked through their shoes, walked in their shoes. My oldest, you know, was about the same age that I was when I lost my father and she lost her mother. But then there's the realest part of my, my brain, you know, it says, no, Adam, she just died because she's human. As amazing as our bodies are, and our, you know, these machines that we have, you know, these vessels, you know, these temporary vessels that we have flawed, you know, it was her time, you know, just like it was my dad's time. I, that's a tug of war with me in my brain, you know?
0: I mean, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. I think you can have both you know, it coexists peacefully, even at some point, maybe not right now, but at some point, you know, you can accept the fact that, yes, we are all human and we are flawed in a lot of ways. Uh, But that life, just the process of life prepares you for things. And, you know, as we get older, we we've lived through more and we are better prepared for the lemons that don't stop. They don't stop coming at us. You know, some are more, are larger and more traumatic than others, but the more you experience, the more you see that it's possible to overcome even the worst lemons in life. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I agree that having that experience really early in your life did prepare you more than probably other people who were fortunate not to have that experience early right. in life for what you're facing you know, now and, and um, moving forward. Right. Now, I know when you and I talked a couple of weeks ago when we, we were talking about doing this podcast, you had told me about an idea you had for an art uh, center. And I'd like you to kind of explain that to our listeners what you know what that idea is and how uh, maybe that kind of relates back to you know what you've experienced um, and how it might help you feel like you are, Progressing in a way that you want to progress in life.
1: I've been drawing all my life. It's my passion. You know, art's always been a passion of mine. I, I knew when I was in first grade that I was going to be an artist when I grew up. Um, I, I still go back to drawing. You know, I love the, uh, you know, even though my job and everything I do, you know, is almost all on the computer, that analog connection of, you know, pencil to paper, I'll, it will never go away and looking back now like i see that you know when i was a kid it was so easy for me to sit in my room and just kill an entire saturday sitting at my drafting table and drawing and looking back now i can see that you know there was a calming presence you know in me as i was doing that after jen passed away i was trying to get back into doing that more more often i at first in all honesty, at first, I was trying to do it to kind of pre- to preoccupy my mind. I didn't want to find myself wandering, you know, in in my brain and around the house, you know, just sulking about, you know, my wife. I'm not, I wasn't trying to deny my my grieving. And that's something else I want to stress, you know, when I got back into drawing, that I knew that if I did it and did it more often, that it would be a good coping mechanism for me to refocus what I'm passionate about, but also I just felt that it would be therapeutic for me. In fact, that kind of leads into the the idea that I had that I'd still like to pursue. I'm still kind of, and that is, I I thought it'd be great if there was some kind of hub or to create a place for budding artists to go to just congregate uh, in a social manner, as well as a learning center to exercise their, their artistry, whether it be drawing or painting or sculpture, uh, you know, and then I got to thinking about it more. It's like, well, why stop there? Why just, you know, it just doesn't have to be visual arts. It could be performing arts. You know, what if there was an area in this, you know, this structure that there where there's people who want to learn how to dance or want to learn drama. They want to, they've never, they've always wanted to, you know, pick up a guitar and learn how to play guitar, you know? So, you know, there's a whole music area or singing, you know, all that performing arts, you know, it's like, and you can even go into culinary arts. The more I thought about it, I was like, man, that would be such a grand thing to have. And uh, I, I wanted to, you know, to make it something, you know, that would be uh, be a draw to Omaha, kind of like the way our our zoo is here, our Henry Dorley Zoo. Union Pacific Railroad is also kind of a hub here you know so those historical things you know have always been a draw to Omaha and I decided it'd be great if there was something like that especially in my original ideas especially for underprivileged kids you know who would otherwise not be able to have this kind of exposure and, and having a hub for kids who want to be able to do this and who are passionate about it to go to a place where they can socialize with other kids and you know, even beyond the middle school and high school age, you know, that's kind of the idea I was thinking, you know, I was like, you know, where the kids are a little more starting to mature a little bit in their middle school years and their high school years as a uh, springboard for getting them into a career that they want to do, you know, something in the art world. And, you know, maybe they want to do woodworking, but they don't know where to go. They don't know what, you know, they don't have that available. I thought that would be a great launching pad, you know, or, you know, stepping stone just have it be a hub for bringing in local talent to be able to teach skills, but also have it be, a, you know, kind of a social thing too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I used the word incubator, sort of like an art yes. Incubator. yes. Um, yeah. That's, that's,
1: a, that's a great word. I think that, you know, we talked about that before and yeah. I thought that was a perfect word to describe it. You know, and I mean, I, I also, I mean, I, I would love to, you know, for it to expand in an accredited, you know, institute, You know, kids can start earning stuff before they actually go into a formal college.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like an art-based kind of high school, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean, I love this idea and it, I can tell that it really excites you. And when you first were talking about it, you, you know, you, you admit you didn't have much of a framework for it other than this idea and you weren't sure how to even start pursuing it. And I said, well, one of the first things you do when you really want to pursue something is you start talking about it. So talking yeah. about it here on this podcast is the first step. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, I hope that you continue to maybe sketch it out and make it more concrete. And I told you I have a book coming out and that kind of will help people through those yes. steps, it, the early stages of an idea like this. So anxious, I'm
1: anxious to read it. I, I... Yes.
0: It's I, want to get one
1: the, I want to get one of the first copies, please. Okay,
0: uh, you will. And it's called The Tug, Finding Purpose and Joy Through Entrepreneurship. But, oh, cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but uh, before we leave, I, I just, I guess, wanted to ask, since, you know, the intended audience of this podcast is for people who might be experiencing a lim- lemon similar to maybe what you've gone through. Uh, do you have any closing words to say to them that you'd like to share?
1: the pain lessons... The void is always going to be there, no matter what. But the one thing that I learned with my father's death, and now I can now say it again with my wife's passing, part of the grieving process and coping is you have to live the rest of your life. You have to basically spend the rest of your life learning how to live without them. Uh, and what I've done is I've rediscovered my passion. I think for people out there, you know, everybody's got a passion. It doesn't necessarily have to be an artistic one, you know. Rediscovering a passion or finding a new passion, you know, is a huge coping mechanism. And uh, it's not necessarily supposed to divert your attention from, from grief. I think, I think it's part of growth, you know, it's part of healing. One thing that I heard a long time ago, and this is right when my father passed away, and I really wish I'd tracked down the person who I heard say it, you know, during my father's wake or something like that, that I heard it because it was a big gathering of people, but I heard it in earshot and it's always stuck with me. But without denying oneself time to grieve, the words that they kind of use, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but this is the way I remember it. Dwelling on the road behind erodes the path ahead. So live ahead. And I've taken those words to heart for a very long time. And I've kind of reintroduced myself to those words when my wife died. So, in other words, don't let yourself get stuck in the past and let, I have told my kids, you know, don't let your mother's death define the rest of your life. It, it can help steer you into a positive direction uh, by finding, you know, your passion and using that as a coping mechanism. It's like, but don't let her death define the rest of your life. You can't, it's like, you can grieve her. You're going to be grieving her for the rest of your life. You know, there's going to be that hole. Like I said, there's always going to be that void. It will lessen in time. It's like, but don't let it define the rest of your life uh, because it's just going to destroy everything in your future. So live ahead.
0: Good words to to live by, live ahead. Thank you for sharing that, Adam. And thank you for being on the podcast. I really, again, can't thank you enough. And you are an inspiration. Thank you. You are. And I, I hope you continue exploring that incubator, art incubator idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm so glad you were able to join the podcast. And if anyone out there has their own Lemon Spark story they'd like to share, please visit Lemon Spark Stories on Facebook uh, or Instagram or on LinkedIn and let me know. Take care, Adam.
1: Thank you so much. This has been very therapeutic, by the way, Barbara. I appreciate it.